listeners, and welcome to episode 17 of Push to Plat Level Cap, the only show interested in raising your level and our own. I am joined by the wonderful Cool Kid Joe. How are you today, Joe? Oh, CJ, we're doing great. We're getting all the trophies. You look, you are. You're not even leaving any for me, which is starting to become alarming. Do you think you, you could share them a little better, please? Yeah, so uh, I hit level 70 last night, which I shared in the Discord, and uh, mm. we're uh, 426 plats deep and 268th in the U.S. and 1527th worldwide. It's, it's very, very business-like. So, well, look, I'll follow it up, Joe. I have you by 108 at this time, sir. So you, you need to you need to get a wriggle on, most definitely. Level 178, 1,096 Platinums and 65th in the world. It would be interesting to know, Joe, when we started this 17 episodes ago, what uh, what level you were and what level I was, because you, you, you're definitely gaining on me. You're moving way quicker than I am. So... It's going to be interesting to see what date you pass me. Pass you, I'm not so sure about. <laughs> it's possible, but it probably won't happen till next gen. Now, I know you sat through that conference. I would love to, I'd love to get some thoughts from you on, on what you saw and, and what you're thinking in regards to the, the future PS5. So um, the games, uh, some of them looked pretty good to me. Uh, Spider-Man looks good, but unfortunately it's only an expansion (laughs) or if we want to put fancy words to it a shorter game that is a (laughs) spin-off i know it's going to be good but it's probably only going to be a couple hours long like the main story and then we move into like the short stories like i keep saying like damn it (laughs) side missions with like where you solve fart clouds and stuff like that because i mean there those were what the side missions were in the first game there was like fart clouds and like basic crime and stuff like that you've got to wonder how many more street crimes they'll put in because there were so many of them in the in the first i know (laughs) hopefully they're all back i know exactly the same would be wonderful yeah, it's it's interesting because I mean, you know, Sony uh, Sony executive is, it apparently looks like misspoke and called it an expansion. Although then he clarified that perhaps he didn't understand what the word expansion means in relation to games. It's not hugely surprising, Joe, that a Sony executive doesn't really know what's going on with the games. You know, the the only profitable well, it's not the only profitable you know section of Sony, but it's the most profitable. But you wouldn't you wouldn't need to know things like that. But then the most more amusing thing is that Insomniac then comes out and clarifies that it is definitely a game. Although it's, it's, it's a much shorter experience than the previous game. So so who knows what you're getting there, Joe? I assume if we're going to compare it to something, it's going to be like Infamous First Light or Uncharted Lost Legacy, which yeah. I have not played either, but I know that they're relatively quick Platinums, so they can't be all that lengthy. I mm. think the Uncharted game is in the 15 to 20 range, and I believe that the infamous first light is in the like eight to ten range does that sound all right yeah, which, you know, it's fine. It's fine. I'm interested in what you thought about Gran Turismo. They're, they're, they're coming back, Joe. There's another one. What did you think? Well, them showing, like, a cockpit view, I'm not a big fan of because I always do it with mm. uh, the over-the-car ca- like over the car camera angle because that's just how I play my games. I know that mm. some people are really, really into that car pit thing, 
but when I was like when I was looking at it, it looked like it was like squished almost, like the windshield. It's going to be interesting to see how much of a sim racer it is. It was hard to tell. I mean, from that trailer, I did watch that trailer. It it gives the illusion that it, it could be a, a full sim, which would be an interesting, it might be the best move they could make at this point is to go down that line and recapture the old style of those games. I don't know, though, that you would be that interested if it was a, a full sim racer. I play some Forza, like motorsports, but... I have to be in the mood for it and it's something that I have to dedicate like an entire day to and it's just it's really hard to because there's not really much going on it's just like track 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 whereas horizon is just everything all terrain snow stuff like that it's funny, like Horizon, uh, Horizon, you know, sells itself as a, uh, you know, or, sorry, the, the base Forza, I mean, sells itself as a sim. And yeah, it, it's not arcadey, but it's sort of, it has a foot in both doors. And I think, I mean, most games do now. I mean, Grid, the current one out there that a lot of people are bashing through, that's highly arcadey. And I think we're moving further and further away from sims, like the Assetto Corsa. I mean, that game... You know, it, it's very, very difficult. It doesn't play like any of these other games. And I think I think we're losing that element in games. So I wonder for Sony if that is a is a viable position to move down. Of course, that Assetto Corsa only sold to the more hardcore gamers, but only, again, predominantly because the difficulty spike was so great from the beginning in that game and catered so much towards people that use racing setups and racing wheels. So It'll be interesting to see what line they go down. I hope I hope it goes well for them because they're so they are so trailing. Whatever you think, fanboys, they are so trailing behind Turn Ten on their their racing games at the moment. And Sony really does need something, considering their last really decent effort, I suppose, was Drive Club, Joe. That one I have not played. Yes, yeah. Well, they they sold the studio and gutted it, so, <laughs> so they, oh. it, it's gone now. But the game the game exists, I think, without the the online. Now, I I wanted to get your opinion. Are you excited on playing GTA Five on the next gen console? When I was about halfway through that show, I realized why they showed GTA Five first, <laughs> and it was because it was a bunch of indie stuff or bigger title, bigger indie, but not triple a there was a lot of that so i think that's why they let off with gta 5 to get everybody excited Mm. that it was actually coming uh the ps plus promotion is cool how you get like a million dollars every month that you sign in to like gta 5 until that comes out but i don't think that it's a good i mean it's obviously gonna be a good move because everybody's gonna buy it again and there's gonna obviously be exclusive content on it or whatever to get you to make the next gen push, and then all your stuff is gonna save over, and then they're gonna make it like another bajillion D and seven dollars. It's an interesting thing point you make because I like now I didn't watch it all, so you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure from what I skimmed through, I didn't see any Ubisoft involvement. I didn't see any, you know, Assassin's Creed, I didn't see any Just Dance or whatever else. I didn't see any watchdogs. I don't know what's happened to that game. I think it's gone. It's died in a hole, perhaps. But there, there didn't seem to be anything from that studio aligning itself with PlayStation at this time or or, or console specific, you know, I suppose. Well, I do know that Xbox has the marketing rights for the new Assassin's Creed game. Mm. So that could be a reason why that it was not there. Uh, Ubisoft usually tends to partner with Microsoft while Activision does PlayStation 4 and then EA does 
Xbox, but more recently they've been a little bit more PS4-sided. So, by just putting EA Access on there. But then again, no EA either coverage, I believe. So, in, in that, in that yeah. conference. It's interesting. Uh, well, it's interesting to me. Now, what did you think of the console? We finally get to see it, although no price, I understand, and no firm release date other than a window. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm a big fan of the console just because I have a basic entertainment stand and I think that the PS5 might fit in it significantly better than the Series X. But uh, have you seen the graphic on how big that thing is? No, no. <laughs> what kind of Xbox One do you have? The, the uh, Xbox One X. Did you have the original 1970s VCR model at all or did you just straight buy an X? No, I did have one of those beforehand, yes. Yeah. So it's apparently a lot bigger than that. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. After we uh, finish recording, I'll there's a screenshot of it where it compares all the PlayStation gens to the Xbox gens and then the new gen consoles. The Series X is it's wide, and it's much wider than like a lot of the other consoles. It's wider than the PS5, but that PS5 is massive. I remember when the PS3 came out, like the George Foreman grill thing going on, and that thing was big at the time. And then the the one X or the Xbox Xbox One came out, and that thing was huge. And the PS5 is even bigger. Well, as they say, Joe, size doesn't matter. It's how you play with it that counts, and that's going to be interesting to see with Sony here against the against the Xbox. Look, now I've got two questions before we wrap out of this part. Firstly, you know, this is the only alternative to E3 this year. Obviously, this this style of conference. What did you think about the overall format? Would you rather see this type of just totally live? Well, it wasn't even live stream, totally streamed, pre-recorded conference, or would you like to see them go back to doing a live in person conference in the future i think it's always great to see the crowd reaction in public personally because they always get really really excited when there's something like really big okay that's that's yeah that's fair enough and then what about uh the console itself are you at this stage today are you convinced are you are you a day one or a day two purchase or are you are you on the fence still i am currently on the i will buy that when horizon zero dawn 2 comes out or horizon 2 comes out because that game looks phenomenal to me, and that Spider-Man is an expansion. Ratchet and Clank is, it's a it's a kids game. I mean, it's sort of both, but it's not gonna move me to purchase one because I want a game that is gonna show me what the tech inside can do. And Ratchet and Clank isn't gonna do that. And a fifteen-hour tops with a hundred percent complete Spider-Man game isn't going to do that for me either. And a third party game, a third party game that might take advantage of the PS5's visuals and stuff like that is also going to be on the series X. And I would imagine that it would look better on that. What about just to throw the other side then? Are you at this stage, are you a day one on the new Xbox? Oh yeah, definitely. Halo day one. I know we're getting Hellblade. I know that Fable Playground's worst kept secret is coming out. There's going to be a Forza, probably at launch or close to launch. 
It's it's interesting, yeah. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens because you know, with the the current climate and everything, there's probably a, a small, uh, you know, the pool of people that will buy both on day one has probably reduced somewhat drastically, I imagine. So, if if people are going to buy, they're probably just going to buy one or the other now. So it will be interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see if Microsoft has done enough to convert people from the the PlayStation army, uh, or, or vice versa, I suppose. And I suppose there's going to be a whole lot of things, including Game Pass, as you say, Joe. And what releases for free in particular on that around the time of, of release. But why don't we leave that there today, listeners, because that's about as deep as I think we need to go on that. And why don't we start to move towards what you're used to here, some trash garbage and just general general gaming debauchery, I suppose. And Joe, now you've been busy this week. You've put together the sales for us here. I'm going to let you lead us through it. So the US sale only has three games that I saw that were on sale that were worthy of talking about. The Rattleica games aren't on sale, so I don't have to list those off on the US store. So we have uh, Psychopaths, A Mandatory Happiness, which I believe is a six to eight hour thousand, if I'm not mistaken. I could be very wrong in that number. I played that game a long time ago, only on the Xbox One. Yeah, that that's pretty correct. And and the majority of this game, I mean, it's a VN, you know, 75%. The majority of the time, I think, or at least the time where you have to really be present, is the mini game at the end, which can be a little time consuming. But yeah, you're right. Uh, then we have uh, Life is Strange 2, which I had a really hard time getting into. And then when we got to the last two episodes, I really enjoyed the game. But it kind of slogged through the first three-fifths of the game for me. Yeah. I mean, still still a very easy completion, though, as well, isn't it? I mean, if you're... Yeah. It's nice not to... Yeah, just find all, the, find all the collectibles and just complete the game, so... And one of my personal favorites, uh, Donut County. <laughs> That's a good... I mean, even even if you just went those three, if they're on a, on a 75%, it's not bad. They're not bad pickups there. I like that. Now, what are the UK store? You've got a lot here. Let's now. I understand some some of our listeners have already been partaking. They don't normally partake in some of these games, but they've they've gone on a bit of an orgy of mass buying, and they're um they're just they're going berserk. So share with us here what's uh what's available. So the UK store has a uh sale with the rock with the Rattleica games, which apparently it's very difficult for them to get their games on sale, like the indie titles, because they more focus on the triple a or the bigger titles because that's what people buy so there's always an issue with these smaller games getting on sale so when they are on sale literally all of them are on sale so i got a big old list 36 fragments of midnight peasant night access denied attack of toy tanks bird game plus bouncy bullets siberian the time traveling warrior daggerhood deep space rush football game foxyland Gravity Duck, Hymno, Hoggy 2, Iron Snout. Just ignore them. You want to take over? No, no, keep going. You're doing great. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Mechabolt, Metagel, Milo's Quest, Moki Moki Boy, Neon Junctions, One Night Stand, Paradox Soul, Redbow, Reed Remastered, Square Boy vs. Bullies, which I actually just bought from that sale. Have you played that? I have played that, yes. Yeah, I quite like that one. I know not everybody did. It's very button mashy or whatever, but I quite liked it. Super Boxland D-Make, Super Destronaut DX, Super Weekend Mode. That one takes like four minutes, which is fantastic. <laughs> Super Willow D-Make, Twin Robots. Twin Robots is a little bit longer, but it's not bad. 
Warlock's Tower, Zerotopian, or Zeroptian Invasion. I always say Zerotopian. Zero, 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 zero. Destroying Deluxe. Foxy Land 2, Full Blast, My Big Sister, Sagebrush, Devious Dungeons 1 and 2, Legend of the Skyfish, and then we're out of Rattalaika and East Asia Soft Games, so we have some real games now. The Bridge, Donut County again, double double up on that. I did, I love that game. Goragoa, which is published by the same studio, which I just bought as well. We are the Dwarves, Planet Alpha, Black Mirror, and Murdered Soul Suspect. It's a it's an exhaustive list, and of course a lot of those Rattalaika games are cross buys, so you're actually getting two plots there for the, the price of one. So that's a it's a fantastic deal. Uh, Joe, while you recover from that over-spamation of games there, uh, I'll just throw just a couple. If you if you don't play this style of game, and I know not everybody, you know, is like us, Joe, you know, over the top of all of these games. If you don't play them and you're a little bit afraid of just the boring jankiness, some of these are actually, they're actually worth a play. Some are definitely, you know, perhaps not. I would probably throw out, you know, again, from a game design and just maybe an overall enjoyment and seeing something different. If you're, if you're only going to pick up a couple, the, the 36 Fragments of Midnight, the Dagger Hood, the football game, Hoggy 2, because it's just Hoggy, and Hoggy is fantastic. Just ignore them. Paradox Soul, Square, Square Boy versus Bullies, I think I would throw in there. And Twin Robots, I would throw in. Zero, uh, zero, zero, zero. I would throw in. That is probably the most interesting game on this list. I know it can potentially be a little bit frustrating because of the, the random nature of the way the levels work, but it, it's definitely worth a look. Foxyland 2. Uh, Gorogoa is an absolutely stunningly beautiful uh, game. A little, again, a little frustration, uh, perhaps with some of the timing elements, but definitely worth a look. Planet Alpha as well, uh, Joe. I'm not so sure that this is an easy completion, but it's a very interesting game uh, as well. I'd throw that in there. And if you, if you can handle a little bit of jank, Black Mirror, the story is not bad, but the game is janky. Um, I do warn you uh, going in. But look, that's that's fantastic, Joe. That's a, that's a stack. Now, why don't we go though? Because we've pulled in, you know, we've pulled up a few contenders for this week, a few few games that we want to throw out to help boost the level. I'll let you. Uh, I'll let you kick us off. Okay, so one that I'm actually getting ready to play when we're done recording is uh, my Tetsu Pure Station. It's a visual novel. It has three stacks. It's about a forty minute completion. It is a little pricey. Uh, they're about thirty five dollars each uh, on the store region conversion there's only one save point in the game and there's only one set of choices with three choices and you just have to save right before it and choose each choice and then there's some little mini stories afterwards with no choices so you just skim it you can literally do something else while you're playing it and you don't need to pay any attention to it really at all Mm. it's so minimal effort you don't really need to do anything. And that's my kind of game. I mean, these sort of games, as you say, they're perfect if you're doing something else. If you also own multiple systems and you're positioned to do them at the same time, it's great value because, I mean, you're getting, you know, potentially three plots in the, in the time or maybe five minutes more than it would take you to do one. So something to consider. I'm going to throw out maybe the more budget-friendly spam hunter's uh, choice here. This is the Tichico in the castle of Lucio. 
It's a fantastic game developed by uh, Marcio Barbosa. So this game is about $5 on the US store. I understand it is only on the US store at the moment, not on the EU or, or definitely not on the AU store. So what it is, it's a it's a side scroller, I suppose. Uh, well, no, it's not even really a side scroller because each each level is just set uh, set in the world, a 2D you know, 2D screen, I suppose, if you like. The levels can range from literally three or four seconds to maybe 20 to 30 if you're if you're planning your jumps as they get more complicated. I suppose it's a, it's a platformer of sorts. It depends if you play this game legit or not. One of the problems with this game is that you only have a, a certain number of lives. When you die, you do reset back to level one. But there is, Joe, there is a, a cheat here that you can use, an exploit that will make you invincible. You do need to get through about the first 14 levels to use it. So, you know, that's only going to take you about six minutes or so to get to that point. It's not too difficult. You then need to just reduce your lives down to one. And there's uh, switches to kill the boss. You jump on the switch, it shoots a rocket out of the center of the screen. As long as you jump on the rocket, you will die. It will set you back to the beginning, but then you'll be invincible. Now, I had a bit of problem problems with this i think you can only do it on the hard mode there's a, a normal mode and a try hard mode i couldn't get it to work on the normal but it worked fine on the try hard mode the only thing with the try hard mode is you do only have one life from the start so potentially you need to get through the first 14 levels on one life but it's not as difficult as it sounds there's also some bonus lives so the game if you're playing it without a guide i think you can do comfortably in an hour there are a lot of missable trophies in the game. Because there's no chapter select, if you miss a trophy, you can't go back a level. So you would therefore need to play the game through. So what I'd suggest is, is it's no spoiler, is maybe watch the video or have it queued up at the same time so you're seeing where those those missables are, particularly the ones later that, that are easily missable, like the Skate Master on level 28. But look, nothing is too difficult, especially with that cheat. And I mean, people are doing it in 20 minutes. So that gives you that gives you an idea there, Joe for the Techico in the Castle of Lucio. Yeah, I'm always looking for new games to play. So mm, you'll, you'll enjoy it. It's quite fun as well. I mean, it's, it's really fun with the in, Invincible cheat, but it's quite fun either way. What do you have for us next? So the next one I picked is a 360 and PS3 game, and it's one that I actually kind of enjoyed. It's Captain America Super Soldier. I understand that you have not played this. So it kind of plays like a Batman light, kind of, like a Batman Arkham light. The combat is very similar. The world isn't as big. There's not as many puzzles, and there's not 200 Riddler trophies to look for. Yeah, you can play the whole game on easy, and there's some challenges. And the hardest achievement I had was where you had to chain together like five perfect jumps or something like that, which really wasn't that hard. Perfect timing five times in a row while platforming. So it's not terrible. There's one part in it where you where there's some scaffolding and you can just do it over and over and over again until you actually get the achievement. It wasn't that bad. It only took me a couple minutes, but the game is pretty easy. Don't really need a guide, if I'm not mistaken. I don't remember if they're collectibles because I definitely played this in 2011. It's definitely one of the more fun games and you could probably get it really cheaply. Oh, there. I'm sorry. There are, there are collectibles. 
Uh, it's actually funny. What our newest Patreon producer, Ready to Ebeg, which is a fantastic Patreon name, so I'm most impressed and amused. Uh, he's actually set a PS3 game. He asked if he could, so it was allowed at this at this time uh, for me to play over the next year. And it's quite it's quite an amusing choice, but we won't get into that here. So I will have to dust off the PS3. So maybe I will look into this Captain America, uh, Joe. So the next one I'll throw out here, it's got a fantastic trophy list. Even if you don't end up playing this game, I would highly advise you to pursue the the trophy list and have a read. It is called Finger on the Roof, Go Rooftop Runner by the developer Otterific Games. So it definitely, it comes in, I think, again, only on the US store at this stage. It's like $3, 2 or $3. So it's very, very cheap if you're interested in playing it. It does it does present itself as a high spam game, but the, it is a skilled runner. It's a weird runner, though. It, you basically play Joe as literally a hand in a glove. So if you ever wanted to play, if you ever wanted to get the feeling of Michael Jackson fingering on the roof, this would be this would be the game for you most definitely as you as you run your fingertips across the roof and jump. So the game starts very simply, but it moves on. It does get tricky. There's only 15 levels in total, but they start to add bats and things like this. You you do get more hands, which are, I suppose are your lives as the game progresses. So the there is a bit of tolerance for error. What I like about this game is, is that there are coins to pick up, quite a few coins on every level. And the trophies work for completing the level, but also for getting every coin on the level. When you finish the level the first time, it marks all the coins on a bar at the top of the screen. So as you're running, you can see which ones you've missed. It, it sort of it dulls the ones you've already got, puts them a blue color so that the gold really stands out. This is important because some of them require functions that aren't available in the, well, they don't tell you in the first levels, uh, like a super jump and a rush or a double jump that you, you find out about. So it is very easy to go back and clean them up. Of course, the later levels have a lot of coins the even better thing about this game is that you don't have to finish the level for the coin to register as collected after your first run. So if you're having trouble or you're just trying to clean up the first section, you can literally just die after you've got that one and keep rerunning that little section. Every time you touch the coin, it auto saves and counts. When you get all the coins, it will pop the trophy. So you don't even need to finish that level. So if you have any skill in these sort of games, this I think will be very easy for you. If you don't, it'll be a little frustrating. There are quite a few miscellaneous trophies in this game. Some of them have ridiculously long, uh, very humorous descriptions worthy of a read, but none of them are too difficult. And of course, because you can replay any level at any time, it's not too bad. Yes, it's going to be a little frustrating. So go in go in knowing that. But look, for 2 or $3, it's, it's a bit of a laugh. And it it's definitely runs you know somewhat smooth once you you figure out the jump and the rush mechanic, which can be a little janky when you're first exposed to it. And that is Finger on the Roof, Go Rooftop Runner. And Joe, do you have one more for us today? Yeah, so it's actually a game on sale, and it's a Murdered Soul Suspect. I'm a huge fan of this game, and when this came out, uh, Square Enix published it, and... Within about a week to a week and a half, they shut down the studio because the game didn't sell well, and that kind of upsets me because I really liked it. You play as a police officer who is solving a murder and coincidentally gets murdered while trying to solve a murder, and you have to solve your own murder. Um, it's very different, which is why I really liked it. It's only about a six to eight hour platinum or thousand gamer score, and it has stacks on PS3, PS4, Xbox 360, and Xbox One. 
there are a pretty fair amount of collectibles in the game, but Maka has some really great guides. I used it for the 360 and the Xbox One version, and I'm probably going to start up the PS4 version at some point. Maybe I'll use it as a milestone game because it is actually one that I like. I like that. That's excellent. Especially with the the uh, two options there on the PlayStation as well. And then the last one I'll offer up for us listeners today, the Arcade Archives, as we talked about in the previous weeks, they're starting to throw in a few easier titles as well. I'd say this is a mid-title. It's definitely not the hardest um, or the easiest. It just sits comfortably in the, the doable range. And this is the recent release, the Arcade Archives Sunset Riders. So many people will know this game already. I believe it's one of the more anticipated ones to finally come. So this one is a side-scrolling. It's an old Western shoot-em-up, uh, shooting gallery almost style game if you're not not used to used to this game in the past. It's a lot of fun. For the high score mode, which I suppose is the only real challenge, you're looking at needing a score of 20,000 with the three lives that you have. You can't manipulate it. Basically, that means you'll have to get to the end of the first level and kill the first boss. That will push you over the 20. Then you can continue if you so wish, or you can die. Uh, Now, then you do need to play the original mode, obviously, for the 50,000, 200,000, and 400,000 score. So to get the 400,000 and like all these games, if you go into the, the game settings, you can manipulate and up your lives to seven. You also have the option to drop it down to very, very easy. Uh, by manipulating you know, the save uh, save interrupt as well, it, it makes it very easy. I think you're looking at about 30 to 40 minutes if you have a bit of familiarity with this game, easily an hour if not. And it's it's one of the, the more enjoyable ones that I've played recently. Uh, so I would, I would recommend that one. Of course, only a 100% list. And again, at time of uh, recording, only available on the US store, but I believe it is moving across all the other stores over the next the next few weeks. So, Joe, we don't have our Radalika game of the week this week. I believe Xbox has an offering instead. Yeah, so Xbox got Space Jacked this week, which has been on the PS4 for a while. And when we were talking about it in a trophy chat group that I'm in, Uh, apparently it's quite difficult on the PS4, where there were only about 100 people that played it and only two that had the Platinum. Meanwhile, on the the Xbox One version, uh, when I checked it up today, there were about 150, give or take, people that played it, and it had a 30% completion percentage. So, looks significantly easier on the Xbox One. I believe they cut out a whole bunch of the hardcore mode, uh achieve or trophies for the uh xbox list probably so people would buy it <laughs> it's, it's highly possible good good well yeah if you're on the xbox side and you and you try it you can reach out and let us know if you if you so wish i'm sure they will be back into the next week with their usual offering so just before we get to the end here of our, our, our you know parting ways with our money i'll just uh, remind anyone that's interested of course the trophy of the month that's coming up there's only uh, 10 more days as of as of time of recording, of dropping your trophy into the Discord to win one of two PSN cards for the value of $10, only in the Discord for that. So feel free to join. It will be in the show notes. Of course, uh, up on YouTube at the moment, we have Pretender or Contender. It's a proper trophy roast of the nurse. You know, she she had an attempt at my profile, so I returned the favour. It's a little bit cutting in spots. I think it left her speechless, actually. So she's she's promised a potential right of return. So we will... We will have to see. This could just escalate back and forward until we break down into just throwing shit at each other, Joe. But we'll have to we'll have to see what happens there. But that is available on 
YouTube if it if it so interests you. There is some language in that video as well. So go in for warned. This week on the main show, if you're like, I can't handle any more spam this week, please, CJ, I need something, I need something with depth. We have a wonderful guest, Floris. Here's one of the, I mean, I'm not going to say he's one of the, the highest earning ultra rare trophies, but I think when you see his profile, you'll realize that he's the one of the gamers, one of the few gamers in the world that has completed some of the toughest games on PlayStation, including Badlands and Crypt of the Necrodancer. He he focuses on these sort of games, and it was a fantastic conversation to learn what goes into these games, the time involved, and, and how you work out games like this when there isn't a lot of information around. So it was a very enjoyable conversation, and that will be up midweek if, uh, if that so interests you. So, Joe... What are you going to be wasting your money on this week? In what PlayStation will probably go down as saying is the second biggest week of the year outside of the actual launch of the PS5? Yeah, so uh, we're going Last of Us 2 next week. Yes. Are you excited? Uh, I am quite excited because the first one is in my top five favorite games ever. So I've definitely been waiting for this one for a while. And I actually might play the PS4 version of the game relatively soon in the next week. Yeah, there's preparation. I like it. So it looks like, listen, as everything else has pretty much got out of the way of Last of Us 2, which is no surprise. I'm sure you already know it, so you don't you don't need my opinion on it. I look forward to playing it myself. I look forward to hearing what you think. I will preface that there will be no spoilers on the main show the following week about the game or this show. So if that concerns you, you don't have to avoid us. We won't be talking plot or story spoilers or anything else for that game for the for the foreseeable future. I think that's a fair thing to say, Joe. Yes. And I don't actually remember all that much of it, if we're being real honest. Like the first game. So I'm kind of excited to play it again. And I hope like you know, when you play a game and then you play it like, you know, X amount of years later, it's not the same. I'm kind of hoping it still holds up. Yeah, yeah. You sort of forget things and you remember them as you're going through, I agree. It's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful experience to go back to, to a great game that you did enjoy uh, and revisit it. So, you know, I hope I hope you enjoy it again. So look, until next week, Joe, as always, thank you so much. Have a wonderful week, listeners. May you continue to smash that cap. May we all continue to rise up the boards. Thank you, Joe. Have a good one, CJ. Push to Plat podcast are conceived, written, and edited by CJ Anderson in Adobe Audition. YouTube upload handled by repurpose.io. Music licensing by artist.io. Push to Plat would like to thank our Patreon producers, Zador VP, Redbeard Rick, T-Bird, Olsero, and Ready to Ebeg. Without your support, this show would cease to exist. If you would like to say hi, jump into the Discord in the show notes or on Twitter at push 2 If you're interested in supporting the show, then jump on Patreon, the push to plat Patreon, where you can find more information on how to support us and allow us to continue to bring wonderful guests and topics from around the world. Yeah.